Greetings, 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 and happy new year, good people. This is Kat from Kat's Corner of the Podcast, and I'm back. Uh, we tried it last year, and it was a great attempt, but it didn't go all the way through. So I'm just going to keep at it, and hopefully I'll get something going this year. Wanted to just first of all wish everyone a very happy new year, and hope that as you are entering into this space, you are feeling invigorated and ready to do things. Um, I don't necessarily believe in intention um, in resolutions, but I do believe in maybe doing, taking, leaving one thing behind and, you know, embracing one thing coming in. So if that is, if you're looking for a ritual, that could be something you can still do. I really feel like the first 10 days, it's still anybody's game. So you can, you know, go back in and reconstruct how you want to do the new year and then make it happen. I'm actually sitting in my hotel room in Lagos, Nigeria, specifically in Ikoyi. And I have been here since the 11th of December. I was part of a cohort that brought a group to Lagos. Uh, it's called Los Life. And we wanted to give folks an opportunity to experience Lagos in a variety of ways. I did the culture and arts portion. And I can honestly say this is the longest time I've spent in Lagos. And it has been magical, frustrating, amazing crazy and all around um, worthwhile. So I figured as I was sitting here finishing up my packing and I've been writing a lot since I've been here, I was like, you know, let me, this is a good time to, to get this going. It's a sun, it's Sunday here, technically about 1122 in the morning. So it's about 522 East Coast time in the States. And so I was like, I mean, maybe this is a way to really start spearheading what this podcast could look like this year so this is the first Sunday of 2020 and I was like instead of writing out what I want to say or writing out the things I might want to talk about let me just do a brain dump so this episode is about the things that Lagos has taught me uh, because while I've been traveling back to Lagos now for the past seven years um this is the longest, like I said, that I've stayed and I have bounced around in Ikoyi specifically and I've learned a lot. So I had been talking to people, meeting new people, made new friends. Uh, this is the year of the return. So Ghana was doing a lot of festivities. So part of our tour group um, went to Ghana and then are now just getting back from Ghana. So I actually got a chance to see them last night. But I, in meeting new friends uh, and sort of you know, sharing my story, you know, why I'm coming back more, you know, you know, what is it that I'm trying to do? The question that I kept getting asked was, do you plan to move here? My emphatic answer is no. The things that I've learned from Lagos are very clearly like laid out for me. One of the first things is I understand now more than ever that there is a very American aspect to how I roll and how I do things and my expectations and there's no shame in that. I think when you grow up hyphenated like I did, uh, you are constantly chasing this validity. You know, you want to be validated by your peers that are born here in Nigeria because there's a lot of teasing and uh, your accent is funny and people, you know, look at you funny when you try to speak, you know, you're a bi if you, if that's your language. And I realized uh, early on, but something about this trip solidified it, that I don't need to live here. Lagos does not need me. 
for the things that I do, for the way that I work around black culture, black people and experiences, I don't necessarily need to be in Lagos for that. Like that's not what would benefit Lagos. Lagos has its own identity. Lagos is very clear about what it wants to be and it's not interested in my, my political pers perspective. Um, what I do bring to the table and what I do help with is clarifying what it means to be black and American because I've gotten a lot of questions about that. So I don't need to live here to do that. Um, I've had some amazing conversations. Uh, Lagos has some amazing folk. Like there are people who are coming back who are literally trying to change the world in a very specific way, whether it's through um, the through through the environmental shifts that need to happen because Lagos deals with a lot of pollution, or whether it's through politics or just you know trade and um, microfinancing. There are a lot of people that when they come back, they can actually make a difference. I respectfully understand that what I bring to the table is not going to touch a lot of people in that way, and I'm okay with that. What I take from that though is that. It shows me, and I think it should show a lot of people who think that, uh, and I don't, I don't pretend to think that I'm one of these people, but there are some folks who think I'm gonna come back to Lagos and I'm gonna kill it because I got this education, I got this blue passport, you know, rah, 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 ray, ray, ray. But what you find is that everything you think Lagos needs, there's somebody doing it. <laughs> um, Lagos is one of these cities where if you have the moxie and the time, the patience and some fundage, you can actually make stuff happen here in a way that you couldn't in other places. And so, and at the same time, there are very old, old, old families that have been here generations in that are not giving up any quarter. They're, you know, they, you know, just listening to folks and how society is set up here. It's very hierarchical. There is that old money, old wealth um, aspect of things. And yeah, they're not, they're not making room for new folk like to you have to really push to get in. And so I've met some really conscientious and uh, courageous and fearless entrepreneurs who are doing everything to kind of insert themselves and actually help change some of the things that colonization has done in terms of the perspectives of what is what is effective, what is considered good work, what is considered standard, um, what is what is, uh, you know, this idea of changing local so that it's not negative. There's all of these folks doing all of these things. And I see myself in a space of let's support that by spreading the word to the places that, you know, where I live and to the people that are interested in black stuff but don't live in Nigeria. Like, yo, come to Nigeria. So I am not moving to Lagos, long story short. Um, but I am going to spend a lot of time here. Like I've already, I knew that about a year ago that summer, part of the summer and most of December into January will probably be uh, my, my cycle. Uh, Lagos has taught me the importance of rest. I have slept more than I've slept, I would say all year. Uh, I have eaten less <laughs> this whole trip than I normally eat. So that's saying something. I have um, I have realized that while I say patience isn't my mistress and that I'm not a patient person, that I actually am a lot more patient than I give myself credit for. And so what Lagos 
teaches you, particularly if you're coming in from somewhere else, is time is not linear. Like even CP time has nothing on that job time. Like you could, you know, CP time gives you a good 30 minutes, an hour. Nigel time is like a good two, three. So I would set up appointments like, hey, let's meet at two. I'm not, we're not sitting down till 3 4 o'clock. Part of it is traffic. Um, in certain cases during the season, the traffic can be kind of crazy. Um, but some of it is just the way Nigerians move. It's like, you know, I said, I'm going to meet you. I'll meet you. But the, the fact that I just didn't want to deal with the traffic or didn't want to deal with trying to figure out what to go eat. And I was staying in a hotel meant that I was eating a lot at the hotel and sleeping because I would really use the nighttime to be out. And I knew that I was a little uncomfortable with that initially. But what happened was at some point, one of the sisters on the trip, um, shout out to Moni, said, you know what, this is vacation. It's okay to sleep. It's okay to rest. And when she said that, like a lot of the, oh, I should be doing this. I should be creating content. I should be doing this. I should be typing this. I should be working on this. I should be writing. All that fell away. And I decided not to force anything. And so if that meant spending, especially after the 10 day trip, like for the 10 days we were, well, actually for 12 days, we were actually on it. So there was very little sleep. There was a lot of, okay, don't miss the bus. There's a lot of where are the people. And so once that part was over, I had about... 13 days left on my trip, roughly. And because of a booking snafu, I ended up staying in the hotel that we originally put the group in for four days before transferring to the place that I am now. But in those, in those four days, I slept a lot. I lounged, I lingered, I languished, I loitered. You know, I didn't really do much. Um, I just spent a lot of time laying in bed watching really bad Nollywood TV and really enjoying the peace and the quiet of it. And so that is, that is an important lesson. I don't know that I can rest the same way when I get back to my life, but by just the sheer fact of how much effort it takes to move around in Lagos, I ended up getting a lot of good sleep. I mean, the beds I've slept in have been amazing. And so, yeah, I, I feel better like even a shoulder ache that I've been having that I've had since like April I was working out and I popped something in my shoulder I noticed yesterday that my shoulder hasn't hurt for the last week or two and I was like yo that's what rest does um, also you know this equatorial Sun uh, technically we're in Hamatan season which is usually a, a lot drier and for them colder for me it's it's nice, but for them, it's a lot colder. And so there's a lot of dust in the air and people are coughing and allergies and it's a mess. And so even going out is also, that's also one of the reasons why people are like, let's just chill until we have to have to. Um, it just allows you to take it easy. And that's really what I've done. So that's number two. Um, number three is um, Lagos has taught me to love my body more. We get personal for a minute. Like living in the States, sometimes it's really hard because you, like I'm aware that I'm a black woman and I'm aware that my body is changing as I get older. Um, but it's not always something that I've accepted. Like I, I don't like it. And I get here and it's not that you just see different body types. 
It's that you have the ability to take cloth that you purchase one place, talk to a tailor, and then get something made that actually fits you. And clothes that are made for you make such a difference. Um, I, <laughs> so I have a story. We took the group on an, on an impromptu uh, club night to see some live Afrobeat perform. Not Afrobeats, but like proper, you know, fella style Afrobeat music. Uh, we, um, we found out about it after we toured an Ogogoro uh, refinery. And Ogogoro is palm wine, uh, which is, you know, you tap palm trees and the, the, the liquid that comes from that is fermented and it is indigenous to this region. And for a long time, that is that was the alcohol. And when the colonizers came in, what they did was they outlawed all local alcohol and used that as a way to import spirits that were basically being funded through slavery. So rum, gin, all of that stuff. Ogogoro is often referred to as local gin, but true gin, I'm showing y'all what I learned, true gin is made with juniper berries. Palm wine, Ogogoro, does not have juniper berries in it, so it's not gin. It is palm wine. And Pedro's is a new brand. It's a small batch brand that is uh, on a mission to, to reintroduce um, Ogogoro to the, to the market, to the global market, but you know, specifically Nigeria, um, in a very refined way and also to push back against this notion that local is less than. Because one of the things that uh, Lola Pedro, who is the owner of this brand said, was that when you look at the laws that were put in place to prevent uh, local, uh, local spirits from being distributed, what, they, what it also does is it creates a mind shift so that the thing that you once prized, if there was a point in time where being a really good palm, um, you know, palm wine tapper, a palm tree tapper was a, a legitimate skill. Like if you did, if you were able to do that well and make proper ogogoro, you were out here doing, doing big things. Once you delegitimize it, once you villainize it, and you say now that it must be, it's a bad thing, it's illegal, then you are able to force people to change their palates and change and shift their taste. So when you come to Nigeria, you see a lot of multinational liquor brands that are up and through this place. You know, um, everything from, you know, uh, I'm, I'm blanking right now for some reason, but Hennessy is big here and VSOP and um, people love their, you know, their champagne. And there are all of these brands that are brought in and sold to Nigerians at a higher price, you know, essentially, that are not necessarily indigenous to this area. And so what Pedro's is doing is pushing back. You know, their packaging is amazing. The taste is, is profound. Like, it, it's very clean. And it, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited for them. And um, as part of that lesson, we were told that there was this night happening at this spot called Truth. Um, it's owned by this brother named Etuk Ubong, and he is an amazing musician. And so we were able to take the group 
to this to this place and um, and at the time you know the plan was to see Sharon Clouty as well um, because the shrine didn't have a show that night we had got taken to the Fela shrine the new shrine and there wasn't a show that night so we were like okay we'll take you to this club so you can have this experience it was great local club in Surulere which is part of the mainland and super just communal and super hot and Smoky. It was like, you know, those old jazz clubs of lore, but it was Afrobeat. It was fantastic. And because of plans to change, we had to figure out food, dinner. So, you know, we're going back and forth trying to pick up things along, you know, the street side, finding um, restaurants that might be open and that can help us put together like what they call small chops. So some suya, some plantain, some turkey wings, you know, things like that. And I end up going in my going back and forth, connecting with the sister who's running the door she's super sweet we've had to cuss out one of the food sellers because they promised this food and then sold it to someone else so after a major street side cuss out I'm going back and forth and she's like I'm really sorry about what happened you know let me know what I can do and I said you know I appreciate your you're helping us and I said you know this is a great club I said you know we need to make sure that next year for 2020 that we put this on the itinerary because we found it by accident and this would give folks a really good experience especially if they wanted to check out live music that is you know that is not Afrobeats pop or anything like that because people really were enjoying the show so she gives me her information and when she gives me her information I noticed she has a company I said wait a minute are you a designer are you just or a tailor she was like yeah I'm a tailor so I go to her page I see some of the stuff that she's done and at this point, we have a big event that Saturday. I think this is like a Monday. And I still don't have my outfit complete. So I'd wanted a particular thing. I told her what I wanted. She quickly whips up something for me. Um, I had gotten my measurements taken ahead of time anyway. So I gave her the measurements. And she puts together these badass sequin, you know, gold pants. Um, there's a picture on um, Instagram. And I was like, okay, bet. This is the new thing. When you wear clothes that are made for your body, it changes how you walk, it changes how you feel in clothes, it changes your whole perspective. And one of the things that you will notice when you come to a lot of African cities is that, you know, the patterns, the Ankara are all amazing, but the fit is what makes it hot. Like people are out here looking like this cloth was sculpted for their bodies. And so, she just brought me some clothes that I had made and I have to tell you, I put on this one dress and I was like, yeah, I feel fearless. Watching these women, um, seeing body types that look like mine, even going to see family and seeing my body type in my family um, means a lot. And feeling empowered to own the shape that you're in because when I tell you it doesn't matter what size you are, the women in, in Lagos are not playing with you. They have no patience for nonsense. These women have lashes. The wigs and the weaves are like pristine. They are going to the market in clear heels and, and you know, tight-fitted Ankara print dresses and, you know, pant sets. It's like the style here just off the everyday is relentless. And that was interesting. What was interesting was watching people from our group react to just the sister walking to the market. Oh my God, her outfit's amazing. I was like, that's just the everyday look. Like that ain't nothing compared to what you would see if she was actually going out to go out. 
And so that part was really, really inspiring. But it also, it helped me come back to a complete space of self-love. And because of how, you know, relatively cheap it is because of the exchange rate, you're able to, once you find the right tailor, because you do need to find the right tailor who understands how to measure you and who understands how your body works and who understands which fabrics will work for you and which won't. So it's not a, um, it's not a magical, you know, presto changeo. Like finding a good tailor in Lagos is in and of itself an art. I've had some bad tailor experiences um, and this sister was amazing. And so I tried on the looks. There was a slight issue with one thing, but everything else fit amazing. And so I said to her, I'm going to be back in May. Before I get back, I'm going to have you make some more clothes for me. So when I get here, I don't have to bring as much. So that was a really amazing lesson because I needed that. I think we all need that. We all need to, to know what it feels like to have things that are made for us. Like as people living in modern worlds, a lot of our clothes are ready made. And the fit models that they use, the sizes that they're telling you are, are not based on your actual body. I normally am a size 12 and I put on a size 12 at a ready made shop here and it was way too big, you know? So when you are wearing clothes that are made for you, it just changes everything. And I, I really appreciated Lagos for that. So that is, I guess, what my, so the first lesson was, uh, Lagos doesn't need me Yeah, That's the third lesson. So, so far we've gotten, I'm not moving to Lagos. <laughs> Lagos has forced me to rest and Lagos has made me love my body again. Um, the fourth lesson, the fourth thing that Lagos taught me was the importance of networking I've made a couple of friends you know here and there every time I come and some that I keep in constant contact with and as a result I this year this this past December I got invited to house parties and I got invited to game nights and I got a chance to just meet folk just regular folk in my age group creatives you know art scene folks what they are doing is so it just shows you what Lagos is capable of. Um, I've met people who run their own fashion weeks. I've met people who are visual artists but have started their own um, you know, textile lines. I am watching people take old you know, textile ways and repurpose them for the modern age. And there's so much like design work and, and visual art and amazing to take in. And these folks, are not um, there's a freedom that they have here because in Lagos if you can make it work then go for it um, I'm sure there are laws in place but they're not as restrictive in the way of what your creativity allows you to do and because here in Lagos everything is negotiable even if the plumber comes to fix your toilet you like ah I, oh god I can't pay that much you can negotiate so that fact alone means that nobody is wedded to anything if I tell you something costs 12,000 Naira, you tell me I'll give you eight, I can make the decision to accept it or not. But the fact that you can say, this is what I'll give you, and you can manage this or not, changes the game. And so being able to meet people, I've made what I think will be lifelong friends in this last trip around. I've met some amazing sisters. I think the work around the spiritual space 
and the self-preservation space is where Lagos needs me. And like I said, I don't need to live here to make that happen. But what it, what it has afforded me is the opportunity to bond with some really strong, creative, you know, works in progress, trying to get it done, getting it done, need help, looking out for each other, women. And I love black women. And anytime I can meet more black women, you know, increase my goddess circle, it, it makes me happy. So one of the things that I would say, not that Lagos has taught me, but Lagos has gifted me, is new sisters. The better great, but the women are, they're fire. Yeah, they're fire. So I'm thankful for that because even just yesterday, you know, it was my last night in Lagos, um, the sister that owns Boulevard, which is a waterside uh, club, was super, I mean, super sweet. She's amazing at what she does. And then, you know, folks from the trip that were there with us earlier, but with the Ghana came back, all of these women just giving me love and saying, we're gonna miss you, you gotta stay in touch. And this feels like sisterhood. So it doesn't feel like, oh, we'll stay in touch and then I won't see you again until, I won't hear from, you won't hear from me again until I get back. Like, these are people that I genuinely wanna build with. And everyone is building. And I think that's the part that I genuinely appreciate about what's happening is that what you're getting from folks is a genuine desire to build. And so in building, what you what you find is that the rubber will meet the road and folks will show up or they won't. But my skill set, you know, my appreciation for self-preservation in particular has gone over really well. And so I think that there is a place for me to support women in this in this space but again like I said it doesn't require me to live here so yeah uh, that was a gift so so far Lagos has uh, given me rest it has given me a love for my body it has given me um, new girlfriends and I can't remember what the first one was it'll come back to me so lastly um, in the whole process of staying here, I had to shift hotels. I was trying to save a little money. Went to another hotel that was cheaper, but is honestly one of the worst hotels I've ever stayed in, in terms of customer service, resources, and um, <laughs> availability to amenities. It's a disaster. I'm not gonna give the name because as terrible as it is, I absolutely loved the room that I, had, that I was given. So one of the things they did was they upgraded me because of all of the, the drama. They couldn't, because I had booked for a certain number of days and they couldn't accommodate me, so I had to come later. It is a mess. The breakfast is terrible. They never have anything on the menu. <laughs> the Wi-Fi doesn't always work. They're actually using a hotspot for an entire hotel. And while there are 12 channels, three of them are actually working. The other nine just repeat in a very staticky sort of way. It's a mess. But, being in this space has reinvigorated my writing. Um, we had a really dope New Year's Eve day. You know, girls met up and it turned into a whole day of sharing, exchanging, and um, sort of just spiritual exchange. And we finished off the night with drinks at Boulevard and then everybody went their separate ways. I had planned on going out but ended up, for various reasons, on my couch with one of the sisters from the group saying happy new year to each other and that was it like I said I've been resting so I got a lot of sleep that night but 
from that experience, an idea came. And so I've been working on this writing project that I think is somewhat speculative um, in the way that it's being approached. And I am so excited to try to figure out this story, how to tell this story. And I haven't been this excited to write in a while. So what Lagos has taught me has been more about my capacity to create. Um, it's also taught me that rest is something that I really, I need. Like as much as I think I'm a creative who can manage on the go, and as much as I believe in self-preservation, I don't rest enough. And once I let go of expectations of what my time here was gonna look like, and once I stopped worrying about whether or not I was creating enough content or posting the social media, what I realized was that it didn't matter. And that if I just sat back and, you know, moved with the flow of things, I would probably get a lot more done. And so while I've collected a lot of things along the way, I've met a, a number of amazing people that will probably show up on the website over the course of January. I have established some really great relationships that um, I think are lifelong and are going to <clears throat> like benefit me in the long run in terms of some of my creative pursuits. I totally love the body that I'm in right now. And I think for me, that is probably the biggest and most important takeaway. Like you really can't tell me shit right now. I'm really feeling myself. I, I love the way my skin looks. I love the way my hair looks. I love, you know, all the bumps and curves that come with this body right now because I've literally soaked in um, Africa. You know, I've soaked in Nigeria, I've soaked in Lagos. I got a chance to go to my ancestral home, which will be another, that'll be a, a part two, um, part two of this more than likely four, four part situation because there's a lot to, to reflect on. But I have really enjoyed my life these past few weeks. And I have really seen the value of and the privilege and the honor of being able to travel to the continent and so you know i like to give takeaways um i really only have one if you don't have a passport get one save your money get a ticket come to the continent the people are warm the people are open as long as you temper your expectations and you are flexible and you go with the flow, you will find your tribe. We are going to be hosting another trip for December 2020. Um, we're gonna be posting the dates next week. I would encourage you to really consider it. Um, experiencing Lagos the way we experience Lagos is, is a full 360 degree. We show you the good, the bad, the ugly. You go to Badagri, which is the slave coast. You go to Makoko, which is this floating village that is really under duress and has a lot of issues. You get a chance to club, you see modern spaces, you see spaces that are not so modern. You get to see it all. And we do it in a way that allows you the space to hop on and hop off depending on where you are um, throughout the process. So if you want to, if you want to have your life changed, this is this, Africa is the future. Africa is where everyone should be looking. And I think for all of us black folks, it is important that we touch, we touch the continent at least once a year. It helps you recharge. It helps you see yourself clearly. It's like the veil that Du Bois talks about in the souls of black folk. 
doesn't exist here. You can fully reinvent yourself in a way that sticks. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what the next few months looks like after having spent so much time here. I'm looking forward to coming back in May and being here for another three or four weeks. And I'm looking forward to hopefully, you know, hearing back from you what you thought about this podcast. So with that, I am going to close. I'll post some links in the um, in the content area to the, the travel group. And uh, there will be a special page that is the sort of Lagos 2019 that I'm going to create on the LSP page so that I can document, so I can put everything in one place so you can take a look there. But yeah, I am looking forward to this year. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens and how it moves. And I'm wishing you all the best and the most balanced entry into this new decade or not decade, depending on what you believe. And yeah, let's get it in. All right. This culture is not going to make itself. So this is Rissicato Day, aka Cat, signing off for episode one of the 2020 season of Cat's Corner of the Podcast. Take care. Hey folks, just wanted to take a minute to say thank you so much for listening to Cat's Corner, the podcast. If you would like to follow me on social media, please do so. I'm at K-A-T-S-K-O-R-N-E-R-C-O, Cat's Corner Co. on both IG and Twitter. You can also follow my company, Little Social Productions, at LSP underscore on the go. That is both at IG and Twitter. And always feel free to come visit us at www.lilsoso.com. L-I-L-S-O-S-O dot com. Thanks again for listening. Really appreciate it.